Hello, everyone. It's John Otterstead, the Scarlet Nation podcast. This is our special wrestling edition. I'm with Mike Abramitis. You know him better on the message board as Abro. He is a longtime users, user on the, uh, well, I actually say Scarlet Nation message board, but he predates us over on the 24-7 network. He's been over there for a while and on the scout board before. He's a big part of that message board community, especially during, well, all during the year, but especially during wrestling season lately. He has kept you all up to date with the comings and goings of the Rutgers wrestling team. So, Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, John, how are you? It's good to be here. I, um, you know, we talked the other day and I just was overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge. I, I knew it from, you know, being on the board and just reading all your posts, but until we had that opportunity to talk, I just didn't realize how deep your knowledge and, and your love of Rutgers wrestling goes. So I just want to kick things off. And for those who don't know you well, and I know so many on our website know you well, but can you give us a little background about you as a Rutgers fan, as well as your background in New Jersey wrestling? Sure. Um, I went to high school in Hackettstown, which is up in Warren County, northwest Warren County, where wrestling is as big as high school football, probably much bigger than basketball for a winter sport. Up there, there weren't a lot of high schools because it's rural, but there were some excellent wrestling high schools as Blair Academy, Phillipsburg, Warren Hills, Hunted and Central. Now, I did not wrestle, but I did play football and baseball, and I was pretty good at both. I was varsity in both for um, three out of my four years there. But during the wrestling season, I became a spectator, and I wound up following a lot of my friends who wrestled all through the dual season, and I wound up going to almost every district, region, and state tournament from probably 1967 on. And I've remained a staunch wrestling fan, uh, almost as much as I am for football. Fast forward a few years, 1971, I enroll at Rutgers. And again, I'm still a big sports fan. And I'm during the winter after football season's over, I'm going over to the uh, College Avenue barn. And I'm watching them wrestle. And what I'm seeing there is probably less than 20, 30 fans, much less than I would see at Hackettstown High School, not to mention the 3,000 season ticket holders at Phillipsburg High School or the big um, matches that were going on over at Blair Academy. So I've been a big fan of Rutgers wrestling going back to 19, the fall of 1971, and I stayed a big fan up until um, right now. Uh, of course, when Bob Mulcahy hired Scott Goodell around 2007, 2008, then Rutgers really stepped up its game in wrestling. And then when we went into the Big Ten, the absolute best wrestling conference in the country, Things changed even more for the better and, and to make the program even a bigger profile. So that's a little bit about my background in, in, in wrestling, in high school wrestling, and then Rutgers wrestling. I guess, you know, just see, I, I can't even imagine what it was like to be in those in the barn in those days where there weren't many fans and then to go from where it was then to where it is right now. Does it compare to the Terry Shea years, to the Greg Schiano years, or is it even more striking? It's even more striking. Um, back then, Terry Shea had a couple decent years. We were still getting probably twenty, twenty-five thousand for some games. I'm, I've also been a season ticket holder for Rutgers football uh, since I graduated in '75. So <laughs> my season ticket years for college football is uh, pretty extensive as well. Uh, the um, I think it's night and day. I think football was much further along uh, in the Terry Shea days and the Dick Anderson days. 
Um, heck, I go back to John Bateman when I was a freshman, back to those days. Um, the Rutgers wrestling, literally were wrestling in front of maybe a dozen parents and family members back then. And um, the facilities, let's face it, in the barn are not very nice, especially for practicing, which Believe it or not, they still practice up until this year and up until the new facilities will be ready next year. To what do you attribute that huge influx of fan interest? Is it just winning? Is it the Big Ten? Is it better recruiting? Is it the coach? You know, you know just it's, his charismatic personality? What do you think? I think it's a combination of all of it. I think it starts um, – Rutgers had some decent teams on and off, but basically it was a 500 team in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s with the previous two coaches, Saki and Oliver. Um, but we were wrestling a, an Ivy League um, schedule. However, they would wrestle some decent teams as well, as in Cornell, as in Lehigh and occasionally even Penn State, and then Rutgers would take the alumps against those teams. But it wasn't until Bob Mulcahy took a chance with a high school coach from Jackson, New Jersey, by the name of Scott Goodell, that things um, just really uh, took off. Turns out Bob Mulcahy has a longtime friendship with Bob Delaney of the Big Ten, the Big Ten um, Conference Commissioner, or whatever his title is, but you know what I'm talking about. Bob Delaney's actually from New Jersey. Bob Delaney's conference, the Big Ten, far and away the best wrestling conference in the country. I think Bob Mulcahy must have whispered in – I mean, Bob Delaney must have whispered in Mulcahy's ear, hey, you guys are coming in in the Big Ten for mainly for football, but we want you to be a part of our big wrestling tradition as well. And instead of uh, just going along uh, the way it was going, Bob Mulcahy interviewed – uh, Scott Goodell, who came up with a great plan of how he was going to build a program, him and uh, John Leonardo, who's been with Scott Goodell since day one, uh, about how they were going to recruit the great talent that comes out of the state of New Jersey harder than ever and build a, cult a culture year after year after year. And it didn't take long to see results. Right from the very first year that Scott Goodell came in, they had uh, by one by Intermat Wrestling the number four team in the recruiting in the country by Win Magazine the number three recruiting class in the country. So they went from probably never having a top fifty class to a top five class right away. Um, we had a winning record that very first year. The next year, um, Scott Goodell had twenty one wins and about eight losses. Uh, since he came in, there are over 100 matches, over 500. I think the record now is 162 and 62. Don't quote me on that, but I'm probably not off by one or two. Um, the acceleration has been phenomenal, and the, and the success was seen right from day one, which when you think about it, a team wrestling in the barn in front of a dozen or two dozen fans um, against not-so-good competition – comes in and starts winning right from day one with a high school wrestling coach. Yeah, I was going to say, how can a high school wrestling coach come in and do that? I was reading the uh, background the other day on Penn State's coach, and you could see uh, – I think he was undefeated in his entire college career and uh, was successful on the college ranks before coming up to Penn State. But how did Rutgers – I don't even know why Rutgers turned to a high school coach, but can you give a little insight into how you think that was able to occur? Um, yeah, and a lot of it is, is just my surmising, not knowing exactly. I mean, you mentioned Cal Sanderson at Penn State. Look at Oklahoma State, John Smith, also a four-time champ. Iowa with the Brands brothers, 
both of them national champions, um, so on and so forth. Whereas our coach, he, they got him he, he from Jackson High School. He wrestled in college at Lock Haven, which is a smaller um, school in Pennsylvania. With a, a Although good known for wrestling, though. But known for wrestling, yes. But yeah. they're not Penn State and they're not Lehigh, the two powerhouses in the, in the state of Pennsylvania as far as college wrestling goes. Um, I think Scott Goodell has that innate charisma about him like Mulcahy might have seen with Greg Schiano, uh, uh when he hired Greg Schiano in 2000 or 2001. A very similar type of personality with a very – high motor and a big work ethic and a great plan on how they were going to get the best wrestlers out of New Jersey to come right away and start building a culture. And he did it right from day one with a top five recruiting class. Uh, the main guy, the first class was Scott Winston, who just so happened was wrestling under Scott Goodell at Jackson High School. He was in a, one of the top two or three recruits in the country that year. Um, he came along, and even though he never made All-American, he was always an excellent wrestler at Rutgers, although he dealt with shoulder injuries probably almost his entire career at Rutgers. Was it a surprise to most following uh, Rutgers wrestling that they'd break through this year with two champs? And you know, I've actually never having won before. Um, it was a surprise to me. Was it a surprise to you? And uh, you know, I'd love to get your sense of just how that reverberates across the country. It wasn't a big surprise, honestly. The bigger surprise was getting two this year, where I was we never had any before. Uh, Anthony Ashnell, as you know, has it was his, this year was his last year at Rutgers. He had wrestled. Um, Three previous years, actually, he's wrestled four previous years, but one of those years was cut short with a bad injury, and his first year at Rutgers was a regular red shirt. So Anthony had been an All-American at Rutgers the previous three years he wrestled, and this season he had been undefeated, knocking off the uh, number two seed, Micah Jordan from Ohio State, two times before entering the um national championship tournament he beat him in a regular season match and he beat him at the big 10 uh, i take that back he beat him only at the big 10 tournament um and before he wrestled him i one one other correction he also wrestled him at the cliff keen open tournament in december and beat him there 14 to 10 so being the fact that ashnault was the number one seed was about 28 and 0 undefeated and the number one seed going into national tournament. He was ex not expected to win, but he was the favorite to win. So him winning was not the big surprise. The bigger surprise was him breaking through along with Rutgers Nick Soriano, who had come in uh, second place in the nationals yes, last year at the 125 weight class against Spencer Lee. To have both of them break through the same year, the odds were probably pretty much against it. One getting through, yes. Two at the same time, no. That was the big surprise, and that really elevated Rutgers on the national stage at Pittsburgh where the tournament was held. And probably because of it, Scott Goodell was named the, tournament, the NCAA Tournament Coach of the Year, and I think deservedly so. I think a cool thing was happening in my town. Normally, if someone's going to speak to me about Rutgers, they'll talk to me about football, occasionally basketball. But over the past few months, people whose kids wrestle or people who wrestled in the past or friends of mine from high school, I wrestled over a little bit over for Emerson High School in Bergen County. Um, they'd call me, they'd talk to me, or they'd text me about Rutgers wrestling. My brother, who has been away from the wrestling scene, but he was a good wrestler in high school, he 
kept asking me about it. He wanted to go to the Bergen County Championships this year. He wanted to ruck, watch Rutgers in the Big Ten Championships. He, I got together with him again for the Nationals. And to see someone who really hasn't followed wrestling in a long time get so excited about Ru- Rutgers wrestling and to see other friends get excited about it, I just think that's a real testament to where this program is. And you know, in that same kind of Greg Schiano way with football, I think Coach Goodale is doing the same thing with wrestling right now. I agree. And um, the New Jersey wrestling community is very, very active and vocal. Every year, the big end of the year uh, wrestling championships held at Atlantic City, they get 40,000 fans show up there over a three-day period. Probably the biggest moneymaker for the uh, NJSIAA. It dwarfs the uh, basketball tournament in the winter and and probably is as big, if not bigger, uh, if you put together the attendances at all the football championships. So it's huge. Not only that, New Jersey's very rich in talent, and wrestling talent. New Jersey had the most national champions this year. There are 10 champions total. New Jersey had four of them. That's 40%. Um, when you look at all Americans, which is a top eight in each weight class, so there's 10 weight classes, there's 80 all Americans. New Jersey came in second right behind Pennsylvania. Usually New Jersey comes in third or fourth or fifth. In the last couple of years, we've been climbing that uh, number. And, um, and this is a big, big state for high school talent and for wrestling. That's why we see guys like Cale Sanderson of Penn State, um, Smith from Oklahoma State, the Terry and Tim Brands from Iowa, and the Ohio State coach, Tom Ryan, come in and try to pluck away as much talent as they can. And oftentimes they succeed. Um, but lately, I think with the two champs that we had this year, Rutgers having its best overall finish, finishing number nine, that's in the top 10, really opened eyes, which gave Scott Goodell all that credit, being the national um, tournament coach of the year. Recruiting, I think, is only going to get better, even better than it's already been. I asked you this the other day when we were speaking, and it's just a question that keeps rattling around in my mind. I'd love for you to share it with the listeners now. Uh, You know, it's it was surprising, obviously, that Rutgers got two champions because it's, you know, there are only so many championships to go around each year. But when you look at the resume of those two guys in high school, uh, you know, four-time state champions, and, you know, there aren't too many guys who are four-time state champions to go around. And I guess my question is, like, is that what Rutgers needs? Like, when we hear about – when I hear about guys that Rutgers is recruiting, I go, oh, yeah, he was a, st- a state champion or he was in second place in the state or third place in the state – it always sounds impressive to me. But then when you look at what it takes to win at this level, the Big Ten is just so powerful. And Penn State and the Iowa is just loading up one top, top wrestler after another. Um, and you see, like, even with the, all the wrestlers that Rutgers had and, and the power they had this year, you know, it they were nationally ranked, but they weren't slicing through the Big Ten opposition like perhaps some fans might think they do. Um, is are there other guys like that out there that are that dominant as those two? Or was that kind of once in a in a lifetime thing that Rutgers is going to amass? And Or is that what we have to find over the coming years to compete at that highest level? You need guys that need, that can finish in the top eight. The top eight are medalists at the, at the tournament. They get 
generate points every time they win. You can lose in the first round and still wrestle back to to get on the podium, be one of those top eight. Oklahoma State this year did not have one champ, yet they came in either third or fourth. The top four teams are given the big trophies and are, and are honored at the tournament after the tournament. So that's what the ultimate goal is, if not being number one, at least being the top four. This year we came in number nine. We had two champs, but we had nobody else break through to that top eight to become All-American. They need depth. They need eight, nine guys qualifying for the tournament, seven or eight of them, or maybe five or six of them becoming All-American, and then maybe one or two becoming a champ or at least a a runner-up to get to that top four, which I would think if you talk to Scott Goodell, that's his goal. His next goal is to be in the top four. We have some guys coming in who weren't four-time state champs, um, but they were two-time state champs, a guy like Jojo Aragona, who's coming in the next season from DePaul High School, rather from Pope John High School. At one, th- He won two state championships at 138. But what's a better indicator of his success is that he's won some national tournaments. Some of these national tournaments are much harder to win than a New Jersey state tournament because you're wrestling against the best from around the country, not just the best in your weight class in New Jersey. Jojo Aragona has won several of these big tournaments. He's the number one ranked guy in all the services at his weight class, and he's even in the top 10 by most of them, pound for pound. A kid like him can be expected to do really well at the college level. And we have two other guys coming in this year in Jackson Turley from Virginia, and also um, Robert Kernard from Wall or Hal Township. Let me just double check this um, from Wall from Wall High School down at the Shore area. These guys are also two-time state champs um, for their states, Kennard in Virginia, and um, I mean Kennard in, in New Jersey, and Jackson Turley in Virginia. But they've also done very, very well on the national level in the big tournaments. I think both those guys, we can expect them to be very good right away and to be All-Americans in the not-too-distant future. Uh, The year after, we have some good kids coming in as well. They haven't signed, so I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention their names, although – I'm not a part of the coaching staff. So I no, you're allowed have, to say whatever you want at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's in, not, in 2020, not. we have some really good kids, two of them from New Jersey, and John Posnaski and Connor O'Neill, and another really good kid from Ohio, Dylan Schwarver. We also have two other kids that I did not mention for 2019, Cody Harrison from Phillipsburg, who came in third in New Jersey, and um, and Devin Britton, who came in, I think, fourth or fifth uh, in the Pennsylvania tournament. The so we have five really talented kids, three big names on the national level, and two other kids just slightly behind them. And um, hopefully all five of these kids will be qualifiers for the uh, NCAAs in the not-too-distant future. We've had All-Americans, guys like Anthony Parati, Ken Theobald, who were not big names – big, big names coming out of high school on the national level. They were on their state level, but not on the national. So it's possible with good development and and on the work ethic of the individual kids, it's definitely possible for, you know, the lower, not the lower level, but the kids that aren't national champs at a high school uh, to become All-Americans. We also think that obviously playing uh, wrestling in a stronger league like the Big Ten just makes your wrestlers better to begin with. It's just that whole thing we see at the high school level, the teams that wrestle the best teams, obviously they they 
the kids grow and they, they develop at a faster pace or the kids who go to those clubs and wrestle with the top wrestlers. I think a um, good example of that point is uh, this year is uh, Peter Lapari. Peter Lapari struggled just to be in the starting lineup. He was wrestling off with uh, with Mike Van Brill, who was having a lot of trouble making weight. And their wrestle-offs, I've been told, were very, very close. And, and Scott Goodell alternated them during the regular season to see, you know, who's going to emerge. And honestly, neither one of them emerged until it appeared that Mike Van Brill was having so much difficulty getting down to 141 that they just let Peter Lapari have the job by himself. And once he had the job to himself and he was wrestling more frequently, you started seeing significant improvement. So much so that he had a really good Big Ten tournament qualified for the nationals and actually won one or two net matches at the nationals gaining a few points for Rutgers in the team scoring. Do you see something that I always know? You know, I follow high school wrestling more than college wrestling traditionally, but you'll notice that for example, when, uh, when I was in high school, we had a 145 pound uh, top district County region champion, and we had strong wrestlers, two weight classes below him and two classes above him. Cause anyone who had an opportunity to wrestle with him, Obviously, those guys improved at a faster rate. So I, I'm just wondering if you see this on the college level, where if you get someone like a Suriano or an Ashnault, perhaps the guys who wrestle with them in the room around their weight class improves. And if so, that could really bode well as Rutgers add some more talent to that team. Everyone could rise up. Yeah, I, I've heard that that, that that is exactly what occurs in the re- practice room. I'm not in the re- wrestling practice room in the basement dungeon of the barn where they wrestle in shifts because it's so small they can't get the whole team in there at the same time. But yeah, they alternate who wrestles who to work on various um, technique and, and, and gain strength against the, the heavier, bigger kids. And also with certain coaches as well, like Donnie Pritzlaff, who probably now is 170-odd pounds. He won his national championships at a much lower weight, um, but he still rolls around with those kids and, and gives them quite a bit of a workout. Iron iron sharpens iron, I think the expression is. The, yeah, that, that I was, you know, I was trying to find that saying. Um, we were talking about the accolades of the guys who were coming in, but is there anyone who's on the roster right now, perhaps a freshman or a sophomore, who we might not be thinking much about, but who was very successful at the high school level or or even at that, that national level you're talking about, like Jojo Aragona has been successful there. Anyone that comes to mind? The one that jumps out to me, the, the first is the uh, Stephen Glaxa, Glasgow out of Boundbrook, who actually wrestled with Mikai Lewis at Boundbrook. Mikai Lewis broke through as a seven or eight seed and upset all the high seeds and, and won a national championship. Coming out of high school, those kids were very close in ability and in ranking. Unfortunately for Glasgow, our 165 this year, he should have been wrestling 157, lost the wrestle off to Mike, to John Van Brill, who wound up wrestling 157. So he, Glasgow, wound up wrestling 165. And unfortunately, he became injured with a bad knee, tried to wrestle through it. So between wrestling as a freshman, a, a, um, a true freshman, wrestling at a higher weight than he should have been, and trying to wrestle through a knee injury, he he struggled. He struggled. He gave it his all, but he struggled against Big Ten competition. This is a kid that was a top five in his weight class coming out of high school. I think if we see him healthy next year, I think we see him qualify for the national championships and make some noise there. Maybe not All-American, but hopefully you know, get to that blood round and have his chance at, a, at an All-American. I think he's definitely uh, the guy that fits the profile of what you – just talked about somebody who didn't do much this year who might break through next year and show big, big improvement. 
Um, the next guy I'm thinking of is uh, Joe Grello. Joe Grello did not have a great dual season. It was about 500. He wound up getting an at-large uh, at a low seed, like around 29. And he wound up winning two matches. And he was one match away from making that blood round. If you win your blood round on Friday night, you become an All-American. And then you're just wrestling for the, uh, one of the top eight spots on Saturday morning. He's another guy who I think showed a lot of improvement in the last month of the season. Also had some injuries. He, he alternated with Willie Scott earlier in the season because of his injuries as he got healthier and has as he got more matches in uh, january and february he improved and then we saw a bigger improvement at the at the big 10 tournament in minnesota and then in pittsburgh at the national tournament those two guys for sure hopefully matt carenti at 197 he qualified for the ncaa's as a freshman tried to wrestle at heavyweight and took a year off last year lost weight and wrestled again at 197 didn't have the year he wanted to, but he's got the potential, as well as Kristen Colucci out two eighty five heavyweight. He's got one more year of eligibility. He was probably if thirty two guys go to the NCA, actually thirty three guys go to the NCAs. He was probably ranked around thirty four, thirty five. He was just on the cusp, and heavyweight in, in the Big Ten conference is is a is brutal. Probably, I think of the top ten ranked guys this year, seven or eight of them came from the Big Ten. It's ridiculous the Big Ten's dominance. But yeah. um, hey, when you're looking ahead to next year, are we looking at a better team, a worse team, rebuilding team? What what are your what's in your crystal ball there? My crystal ball is we're probably not going to do as well as far as coming in ninth at the NCAs, simply because we probably won't have two champions like we did this year. Anthony Ashnault will be out of eligibility. Whoever wrestles 149, who I think will probably be Mike Van Brill. Uh, I think he'll be the or Jake Benner. I think Van probably Van Brill will have an opportunity. I, this he was really heavy to wrestle at 141. They said he could even be a 157. I think he'll settle in at 149 and be our starter. Of course, he's going to have to do it in the in the in the practice room and win, win some wrestle offs. Um, but we won't have Anthony Ashnell as a champion. I think Nick Soriano will repeat. I think we'll have one or two. Uh, more qualifiers than we had this year. Hopefully we will, but I I think next year we're probably looking at a finish at the NCAs, probably anywhere from 12 to 18, depending on a lot of different factors. But what about the dual matches? When I looked on this year, um, I noticed a lot of matches where it looked like we got – well, I mean, not a lot of matches, but a few matches where we really got a beat down. It seemed like our top guys would win and then we would – lose out the rest. What are your thoughts on that? And is my assessment correct? And well, it, it, how does that look for next year? You, you're probably remembering our matches against um, Oklahoma State, against Iowa, against Michigan. Those are all top five teams. Um, yeah, we'll, we struggled against them because we didn't have the depth throughout the entire 10 weeks that we've had in years past, but we had the two big guys with Soriano and Ashnell. Also, John Van Buren had a, a pretty good um, dual season. Um, some of the others didn't. Um, it's just a grind. The Big Ten dual season, we came in, I think, eighth or ninth in the Big Ten standings, and yet we still came in ninth place in, in the NCAA tournament. Dual scoring is very different than tournament scoring. Um, one of the, I think it's Intimat will rank with two classifications, a dual meet classification 
and a tournament classification. And we ranked much differently when you look at both of them. I think Intermat had us about 18, 20 in the dual mats, in the dual meets, and as high as like 11 or 12 in the tournament. And uh, and it showed. We came in length with, with both Soriano and um, Ashnell winning. And our three other guys all won at least one match, some of them like um, Gravina, Grello and Van Brill all won uh, two matches at least, and we're getting one match, one win away from making it to the blood round. So, say you could take this year's dual match team and uh, put it against next year's, who would win? I know it's a huge like what if scenario, but I just wondered whether you think I think it would be close because I think with the freshmen that are coming in, um, like Aragona, Canard, Turley, they could be an upgrade of what we have now. Or they could be redshirted just for development reasons. That's hard to say. The fact that we wouldn't have the bonus points with Anthony Ashnell, off the top of my head, I would have to say probably not as good. Next year is going to be a rebuilding year. And it wouldn't even shock me if they redshirt um, Nick Soriano because he hasn't had a redshirt year. Most of the big, highly ranked kids coming out of high school redshirt at some point during their college career. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, look, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you a question about something that always confuses me. It's the Scarlet Knights Wrestling Club, the uh, regional center. I don't, I can't remember the exact name of that. And it, those are two topics that come up from time to time on the message board. Can you give everybody like a little overview of what they are and the importance to the program? Sure. The Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club, there's actually two things to know. There's the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club, the charitable nonprofit corporation, and then Scott Goodale also – has the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club LLC, which is for profit, um, and they the one that Scott Goodell runs is a, a K through twelve uh, high school senior in high school um, classes for kids that want to wrestle with great coaches. The, the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club, the nonprofit, is a fundraising organization of like-minded Rutgers fans that raises funds. Um, to hire uh, coaches to wrestle with the Rutgers kids and with the New Jersey Regional Training Center. The New Jersey Regional Training Center is for higher level kids, kids that qualify to wrestle in national meets or uh, either as a cadet, which is high school and below, or as um, a senior, which is freshman year in college and above. Um, generally, the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club nonprofit is mostly folk style, which is what's wrestled in high school and in college, whereas the New Jersey Regional Training Center is a lot of freestyle and, and Greco-Roman as well. And again, not everybody, you just can't pay money and join the national, the New Jersey Regional Training Center, which is run jointly uh, with Princeton as well as Rutgers. Uh, the guys that the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club have hired are top national team guys um, like Reese Humphrey. He'll work out two days a week in Princeton with their guys and two days a week in Rutgers with our guys who are qualified either on the high school level or on the uh, college and national level to be a part of that. So, um, and since you brought it up on May 3rd, there's going to be a casino night in New, in New Brunswick to raise funds for the nonprofit part of the Scarlet Knight Wrestling Club. And um, they're going to be honoring Bob Mulcahy, who hired uh, Scott Goodell. He'll be the feature uh, guest of honor that night on May 3rd. And uh, all you listeners, uh, pay attention to our message board, our Scarlet Nation message board. I'm going to be putting up the details on a, on a big form uh, sometime tonight or tomorrow about that. But it should be a lot of fun. And you'll get to meet 
a lot of the staff and a lot of the uh, wrestling dignitaries from throughout the state of New Jersey. Well, Mike, I'm going to let you go. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And I want to invite everybody who's out there. If you want to get involved in this program, it's a great program. If you're a Rutgers alumnus or a Rutgers fan and you need a little shot of Scarlet Pride, uh, these guys deliver it to you all the time. They're producing at a high level. They're representing the state well. They're representing the university well. And they're really just building a following. And you can go to the rack now, not just on basketball days and see thousands of people in attendance, but you can see it on wrestling days too. Um, it's a great community of fans, but it's also a great community of fans across the state. If you show up to high school matches, uh, they're lively, they're fun. Um, it, it's it's raucous, it, and it's it's something you could be proud of, not just as a Rutgers fan, but just as a New Jersey fan, because the state of New Jersey does so well, not only on the high school level, but as uh, Mike was saying before, at the college level, they're 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 killing it these days. The last and, uh, five years, John Rutgers has been in the top five in attendance in all of college wrestling uh, every year for the last five years, and I expect that to keep improving. We've had had over three thousand season ticket holders this past year, which was our best ever, and I'm anticipating that going up probably another ten or twenty percent next year. Yeah, and I and I I look at this whole thing where you know if you're a Rutgers fan, you're used to getting some sand kicked in your face. And it's hard sometimes to keep that intensity up, that love of the program up when there's other things to spend your dollar on. There's other things to take your attention away. And frankly, sometimes you just want to go spend time with your family away from it all and not think about perhaps a football team that's underperforming. But then you turn to a team like this and it just takes you back to, uh, you know, that just feeling, the Rutgers pride that a lot of us felt uh, at better times, you know, earlier times like you felt when you were in college there in the seventies there or during the Greg Schiano years or some of those times with Bob Wenzel. I don't know. There are plenty of times, but sometimes they feel few and far between. <laughs> going there's back good days years, ahead. Going back 50 <laughs> years, John, I've seen a lot of great moments uh, like our undefeated football team our undefeated basketball team. And I was there, I was season ticket holders and, or a student. And I was at every one of them. I saw Teresa Grentz in women's basketball, Vivian Stringer for 20 years, do great. And finally, finally, we have another nationally ranked team, and um, the excitement is unbelievable. We go to these matches; you can get in sometimes for ten for ten or twenty bucks uh, that cheap, and and be part of a scene that you wouldn't expect to be a part of because of the excitement, electricity in the air. Rutgers wrestling well, I think, is I think really special. Yeah. I think a season ticket, uh, if you want to be up in the three hundred level, is only eighty dollars. Yeah, so yeah. you can get into it and. You know, not have to spend a whole lot of money. So just dress but, light uh, because it gets hot up there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to leave it there. Mike, thank you again. Folks, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, we want to see you on that Scarlet Nation message board. You can talk to Mike, otherwise known as Abro, on the board and everyone else. We have spring football in full, full swing right now. We have a tailgate that we're all planning, which Mike is going to be at. And we'd love to see you there. So until next time. Thank you for being part of the Scarlet Nation podcast. Thanks, John. See you at the spring game. Have a good night.